Before we get started on today's CSG podcast, I'd like to talk to you about Carefree Cuisine, which is now del- now offering shipping for all their frozen uh, a- a top eight allergen free meals for you to your family. That soon they'll have a, a low carb keto free keto excuse me keto uh, supportive uh, menu. Uh, they also have vegan. Uh, but they, uh, but most importantly, they're all delicious and they're free of the top eight allergens in a sterile kitchen. Everything they cook will be clean and completely safe to you. Um, it is fantastic. Uh, they're, they're some of the like most tasty meals you can get to go from the freezer to the microwave to your table. One of the best new kind of concepts in Denver. Very supportive of these people. Go to at Cuisine Carefree or at on Twitter or at um, info at carefreecuisine.com. Um, I ask for Pat Guerin, and uh, he will uh, definitely, definitely hook you up with some of the best and, you know, tastiest allergen-free meals that you can possibly get. Uh, they are located in Littleton off of uh, Bowles on the, in the Columbine Shopping Center. They are uh, kind of pioneering this in Denver, the just safe, clean Allergen-free meals that uh, you can take with you and really just enjoy. And for and most of it is just convenience. Convenience, convenience, convenience is what we need right now as we're all isolated, staying inside, and being safe. Once again, when you go in, tell them Jeff Morton from CSU Podcast sent you. What is up, everybody? Thank you all for joining me on the latest Mortcast, part of the CSG Network. I'm, of course, your host, Jeff Morton. Today, uh, I don't really have a solid subject to talk. This will be more of like a notes podcast. Um, and this kind of going to start off with the departure of Arturus Karnasovas um, to the Chicago Bulls. This was inevitable. This was going to happen. This was always going to happen. Arturus uh, has been heavily recruited for the last four years, basically. Uh, I'm going to give you a little bit of insight. I have known Arturus since basic, as basically as long as I've known Tim Connolly. Um, Tim and I, as you know, uh, are pretty close. And uh, he has been a friend of this podcast coming on 14 times. And it's just been, he's been great. But more than that, I consider him someone who is a, just a good guy. Um, Arturus is, is the same way. Uh, in fact, uh, he was on a CSG podcast, uh, a couple years ago. Um, and, uh, Arturus has always treated me well. Um, and I've really enjoyed getting to know him over this time in Denver. He is, um, a legend in Europe, absolute legend in Europe, um, uh, playing for Lithuania in, uh, of course, he played the Dream Team when he was on the Lithu- Lithuanian Olympic team. Um, he is—he is—you know—he is, really is a um, a guy who was so well respected in Europe that the Nuggets losing him from their uh, front office staff is going to be difficult. Um, it's, you can't really replace Arturis Karnasovas. Uh, particularly with what the Nuggets are trying to do. Tim Connolly um, cut his teeth as a European scout for the Washington uh, then Bullets. Um, So obviously that is not going to change there. But there is a very real, and I'm going to kind of go over the consequences of this, there's a very real chance that the Nuggets won't be able to overcome 
the uh, lack of Arturis, which may result in him taking, and I hopefully this not is, is not true, won't be true, but it may result in him taking uh, European uh, whiz scout Rafael Juke, uh, who is another great, great person, one of the first people uh, Nate and I met of the new uh, regime um, way back seven years ago. Um, just a great, great, great guy. And I've wanted to have Raffle on the podcast about, you know, and just never, we never were able to hook up, but, uh, the hopefully, hopefully for the Nuggets sake, Raffle will stay. Um, also Calvin Booth is, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets heavily pursued by Arturis as well. Things are in flux right now. Things are really in flux. Arturis probably will He's going to fundamentally change the Bulls, and he will be able to point them in a better direction. I have zero doubt of that. Um, he worked under Daryl Morey in Houston, and he is just a smart, smart guy. He's very efficient. He knows exactly how to run a front office, and I think that he will he will make sure that the Bulls are on better footing. And, of course, he's got Larry Markkinen. And he's got, you know, Zach Levine there who knows what he's going to do with the rest of him. I doubt Jim Boylan will survive this, rightfully. Um, and so we will see. But as far as the Nuggets go, it's going to be really hard to replace Arturis. Um, I think they want, hopefully, I think, well, this is just my opinion. I think Calvin Booth is by far their first choice to replace. He's the assistant general manager right now, but he was pretty close with Arturis. Um and I think Kelvin really is the, the choice to replace Arturus as GM. Now, Tim Connolly is the guy who makes the decisions, but with the Nuggets front office structure, and I think you've heard this if you've been listening to these Nuggets, uh, all of Tim's, you know, if you've read my articles on Tim, uh, my interviews, I've interviewed Tim about eight times. I've written several articles on him. He's been on the podcast 14 times. I... Believe me, I know what I speak here. <laughs> the Nuggets are really kind of a community front office. It's a very, it's not, I wouldn't call it democratic, but it's every, there's a lot of opinions that get uh, thrown in there and taken into consideration. Unlike, say, you know, what's going on in the White House right now, um, you know, <laughs> uh, the, what's, I, th- I think the, the country could benefit from the way the Nuggets run their front office, but uh, I'll leave it at that. And so, but it would, it would be interesting because, uh, the GM right now, since they kind of restructured and Tim became vice president of basketball operations, um, and, uh, they kind of like did this new arrangement. Part of it was to keep Arturis here when he almost went to the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, one of the, I would say one of the reasons they did this was to, elevate that general manager position, uh, kind of like what they do in Chicago with uh, Gar Foreman and John Paxson, and Paxson overseeing everything, Gar Foreman being the GM, um, which obviously was mixed to poor results there, but it's worked really well in Denver. Calvin Booth is choice number one. I don't know who would they, they would think of after that. If I'm, if I'm the Nuggets, I seriously, seriously look into making Raffle Duke the general manager or at least promoting him to assistant GM. Uh, I think that would be a uh, smart thing to do in order to keep such a brilliant shooting star on their on their staff. 
but I am not, of course, I am not running anything there. So that's just my, that's just my opinion. Uh, Rothel is a big part of what the Nuggets do, particularly on the European side and even in college scouting. Uh, he and I had a lunch years ago and we talked about it and I was just amazed at how much and how, how wide his breadth of knowledge was on, on just in anything in the United States, it's particularly college basketball. And he and I got to talking about some people that I was like, he was bringing up stuff that I, I was like, Oh wow. I remember that guy. It was just, it was really, really impressive. The guy knows his, his stuff. Um, but as far as everything else goes, Arturis, I'll, I'll tell you this, my little descriptions of Arturis Kurnosovas. And the one, maybe two places that where Arturis struggles, where he's going to have to learn on the job. Arturis really hasn't had to be the spokesman. Um, and I think if he had his way, he would not want to be. Arturis is not what you would call a loquacious individual. Uh, he's a man of few words. And uh, he is kind of uneasy with a lot of, I wouldn't say uneasy, but maybe he's just not comfortable with a lot of public speaking. Um, the times that Arturus has been placed up in the front, he has actually not performed very well. Um, I would say the 2017 draft um, press conferences where he and Tim were separate and gave their own uh, descriptions of what happened um, was not a good it was not a good night uh, for Arturis, and I think that is where, if he's going to learn on the job, he's going to have to learn on the fly. Um, and a lot of people who aren't comfortable with the, that sort of thing, um, they struggle a bit. Arturis uh, is the guy who, if you talk to him in private, very funny guy, very dry, very uh, good to kind of uh, talk to one-on-one. In these press conferences, it kind of shuts down. That is a skill you will learn as you go on, and uh, it's unfortunate that it's with, with the Bulls currently. But the you know what's going to happen now is that he's going to have to learn how to do it and how to learn learn to do it. Well, I wouldn't say fast because who knows what's going to happen now. But he's going to take a, a Herculean task to uh, rebuild this this Bulls team. And I think most general managers and people who want to come into a front office, um, and I think Masai Ujiri would say the same thing. They want to come into a situation where they're not building on top of something, but they are building from the ground up. First of all, cause it buys you time. Um, second of all, it like allows you to be more creative and allows you to put your stamp on a team. Um, it is really, really hard to, uh, put your stamp on a team. If you, are building on players that were already there. And one of the reasons that uh, Masai Jiri kind of... Uh, I'm, this is me speculating, but one of the reasons Masai kind of was struggling a bit with the Nuggets is that he there was a lot of players that weren't his. Uh, he had to come and build on top of them. Obviously, there was the big mellow trade, but you know Ty Lawson was still here a lot of the core players were still here then he had to trade those and you know he really wanted to make the team his every GM who comes in wants to make the team his the bulls have a good foundation they have a good starting point um with Larry Markkinen but the rest of the team eh, I'm not sure I I mean I'm really not sure and this was probably some optimum time for to Arturis to be creative uh, unload some assets and really get uh, this team building from the ground up, and I think that's what Bulls fans want. They want they want 
that sort of foundation. Um, the Nuggets were able to stay kind of mediocre until they took another step up, um, which is hard to do. Uh, a lot of teams want to bottom out for a year or two and then, you know, build up with draft capital, blah, blah, blah. Maybe not the severity of the Sam Hinkie model, but they, you know, every GM wants to come in and like really do their thing. I think this is a situation where um, Arturis is really going to be able to come in and kind of really build on top of, uh, from his own, not on top, but on on his own thing, using Larry Markkinen as the uh, as the centerpiece and then building around him. I'm not sure what they're going to do with Zach Levine, but, you know, we'll see. Um so uh, good luck to Arturis. I, I really like the man. Um, Arturis is a decent, decent human being. Um, and one of the smartest minds in basketball. Um, Arturis is, uh, the Nuggets are going to miss him. The Nuggets are really going to miss Arturis Karnasovas. I think uh, that's a tribute to the Nuggets and it's a tribute to Tim Connolly and his eye for picking people who were that good. And I really am kind of looking forward to see what he does in Chicago, um, how he builds on top of this um, this Bulls, Bulls team. And if he's allowed the resources, I mean, Jerry Reinsdorf, the Reinsdorfs are really no, notoriously cheap. So we shall see. But I think I think if he is given the opportunity, he will create a very, very good team for the Bulls. Uh, and, uh, the Nuggets really have 100% benefited from him being there. Before I get started on the rest of the podcast, I'd like to talk to you about Blanchard Family Wines, uh, located between 18th and 19th in Blake and Wazine, beautiful lower downtown Denver, Colorado, just a couple blocks away from Coors Field, right in the middle of the dairy block. Of course, there's no restaurants open right now. Bars are closed. Um, it's just due to the nature of what is happening right now in this country. Uh, but... Places like Blanchard Family Wines, who own their own vineyard, and are are um, just you know more than just a place where you can drink wine. They are open for delivery. Uh, if they will pers- they will get you. If you're in Denver and you want some wine, they will get you your wine. They got Pinot, they got Cab, they got Rosé, they got Rieslings, they got they got everything you need. And they also got a bunch of charcuterie, great meats and cheeses. I mean, great cheeses, by the way. I've had I've had those there and. I, you pair them with the right, right wine, and you want you know, like you want to have a date night at house at your house. I mean, Blanchard Family Wines is your go-to. Um, right now, they have a deal for twenty percent off all of their wines, which is uh, pretty amazing. Pretty amazing. Uh, one of my favorite places in Denver. Uh, I do have a couple of their wine bottles myself, uh, so I took partook, and um, obviously, you guys know how much I like wine. But one of my favorite places in Denver, uh, one of the best places you can go in Denver to get quality wine. Once again, they're Blanchard Family Wines, located between 18th and 19th in Blake and Wazee, in beautiful lower downtown Denver, Colorado. If you're going to pick up a bottle, uh, they're right in the middle of the dairy block. If not, if you want it delivered, uh, go to BlanchardFamilyWines.com, BFW uh, Wines. BFW family, excuse me, uh, or at just look up Blanchard Family Wines. They are on Facebook and Instagram. And when you talk about them and you go in, just tell them Jeff Morton from CSG Podcast sent you. This has been a weird, 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 weird time. Uh, just for our, our country, just uh, the entire country. It's just a weird time right now. We don't know where things are going to be. I don't, I, you know, if we're going to, if you were sat here and asked me what, 
the, the NBA should do. It's going to be painful, but they should write off this year. I know they don't want to, but I don't think people are going to feel safe in going out until they know that this virus is not going to wreak havoc on them. And I, I think doing a fanless thing may work, but man, it only works if you do rigorous testing and you think that, you know, people aren't going to get it or they're going to be fine or whatever. It's, it's just, it's so hard right now. It is so hard. And I'm not entirely sure how the NBA could pull it off and make it effective. I really don't. Um, right now we are, um, in a weird time. And if you're going to ask me what the NBA should do, I would tell you 100% don't start the season again. As painful as it is and as much of the distraction as we need, we just can't risk things. And Terry Fry actually wrote an article about this, about the NBA and NHL just saying right off the year, start again. You know, hopefully things won't be as bad in November when the season starts. I, it's just not worth it right now, and I tend to believe it. You know, it's painful, and we don't want it to happen, but it's, it's the God's honest truth. We cannot afford people getting sick still. And it is, it's not something that I think anyone has an appetite for. I think I, knowing me, me in my situation and with my brother and my, you know, people I live with, I wouldn't want to expose them to this. I, it's just, it's, it's a crapshoot. And think of the mental gymnastics you have to go through and the fear in order to be, put yourself in a situation like that. I think the prudent thing to do is to write off the year, uh, and really explore opportunities to, make the following season even more special. Um, and it's hard. The NBA is going to lose a ton of money because of this, but everyone is look at all the small businesses that are going out of business. Look at the, you know, the, the, the league you know, the, excuse me, the social security administration and IRS mailing out $1,200 checks. I mean, it's just, it's where we're at right now, folks. And, the key is to be safe first and then figure out shit later. Um, and if our fucking federal government never got off its ass and gave us a plan for what they're going to do, uh, I think people would follow it. Until then, we're kind of making it up. And if it was me, I would just say, NBA, don't do not do anything right now. Wait wait until you know, right off the season. There's no champion this year. Right off the season. Start again next year. Do what you need to do. Force majeure. With the salaries, do what you need to with executive salaries, do all of that, but don't risk lives. All right, thank you all for joining me on the latest CSG podcast, uh, the Mortcast. I will be talking to you in a couple days. Goodbye.